It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, and it's another riveting week. That's right. Four more podcasts about to be done by me, a broadcast professional. Last week, I had on the guest, John Warner IV. We talked about many, many things, from UFOs to ancient civilizations to what's underneath the ice in Antarctica. And uh, I hope to have him on again soon because he's one of those guests where I, I had so much I wanted to ask him uh, that I couldn't get around to all of it. Uh, not so much that I actually wanted to debate him on anything, but it, it's just that I wanted to hear his opinion because he's got a lot of contacts out there that offer uh, points of view that not many of us may know about i mean me being of course i know about most of them but he may offer some insight so i mean over the past couple of days since then there's been a lot of nonsense going on i mean we'll we'll start easy super bowl sports bowl sunday wow we uh first off i don't care the only thing that the super bowl says to me is that hockey playoffs are on the way and that's probably the only sport i will actually care about and when I say care about, it means that if I go into a bar and it's on the TV at the moment I'm in the bar, I might actually watch it. As you can tell, I don't care about sports ball at all for any reason. But two major things, of course, we have to talk about all of the symbolism. The first thing is the supposed DeMar Hamlin individual that came out and, oh, we're so happy that we could see him. Well, my first problem with this is that the person that was supposed to be DeMar miraculously lost his tattoo below his ear. Um, I don't know what happened to it. He may have gotten it removed since he was in the hospital with uh, that sudden collapse. But here we are. Uh, I mean, tattoos come and go. Maybe his body is so efficient that it just breaks down all of the tattoo ink like no other. Uh, the other thing is his blasphemous jacket, and of course, on top of it was in all of these miraculous colors called it said eternal. Oh my goodness, what a strong, strong role model to all of the American youth out there. And then you actually look at the jacket, and it is basically a paper doll that kids used to create back in the early 1900s and 1800s. Uh, you you take out an image and then you cut out, uh, let's say like dresses or different clothing to put over the doll, right? So that's what a paper doll is all about. Well, it, this paper doll just happens to be a crucified Jesus figure. And people were saying, well, there's a pistol in the loincloth. I didn't see that. Maybe on a clearer image, you could see that. But it is clearly a blasphemous image. He's clearly mocking people. Uh, because he's probably more than likely aligned to the more darker, freedom-pursuing influences in the dark arts. I mean, that's going to be my two cents on the whole thing. I mean, just look at the jacket. Uh, it, it really is just disgusting. The, the facial images on that paper doll is really, really disturbing. The eyes are all messed up. The face is all messed up. It even has a crown of thorns. I mean, it, it, it's really a joke. It, it's not even worth getting mad about because these people are such frauds, and you know where their allegiances lie. Oh, and before we, I continue on with the sports ball, 
Uh, Alex Stein 99. Everyone loves Alex Stein 99 because he goes out there and he rattles all of the cages of the liberals, which is a good thing. We want people to be a little agitated. It, it forces them to defend their point of view. However, on the first televised broadcast for Alex Stein 99, what is he wearing on his feet? While, uh, good gracious, he is wearing bright red shoes. So what is the point of the bright red shoes? It is more than likely another symbol that he belongs to uh, the dark arts. Look up what red shoes mean. Look up what they symbolize. I mean, if you're talking about sacrifices and all of that occult imagery, uh, the, the whole idea of what red shoes really are is quite disturbing. Uh, look up the Red Shoes Diary. Does everybody remember that show? Uh, you, you start to get the idea. Basically, you have to tie that into sacrifices and all of that, which brings us to none other than Barbadian witch Rihanna. She was out there and everybody was so gobsmacked with her brilliance when it came to Oh, she's so wonderful. She sings. And wouldn't you know it, she's pregnant. Wowee! So once again, you have to look at all of these fools and break down the symbolism. What did we see? She is once again decked out in bright red, the same red that we've seen throughout the year in the fashion industry. Remember a couple of weeks ago, Doja Cat walked out in bright red five and a half hours in the makeup room to individually put one by one all of the Saworski red crystals all over her body to give her this weird demonic reptilian style skin. Well, Rihanna has the same shade of red going on here. And what do we see around her? We see all of these dancers decked out in pure white. On the surface, what do you see? You see a bunch of semen trying to get into the egg and create a new baby. Oddly enough, she just happens to be pregnant, so that's the surface symbolism. But if you go a little bit further, then you start to really see what is going on. So let's start with the basic stuff. What happens around this time of year? Well, it, it gets Valentine's Day. That's right, February 14th. But of course, we only have to look back to the Greco-Roman era. And between the dates of February 13th and 15th, which includes the 14th, and also includes yesterday, you have a festival called Lupercalia. And Lupercalia is a pastoral festival of ancient Rome. And during that time, what did we do? It was to promote health and fertility. Why? Goodness gracious, promoting fertility with a pregnant woman on stage at the Super Bowl whilst she's giving the eye in the pyramid symbol at the end of her song— uh, which was not televised as readily as it should have been. She's promoting a fertility, right? Oh, goodness gracious. What are the odds of that happening? I, I mean, it, you get the idea. So what did they do throughout all of this? They sacrificed a male goat. Hello, Baal. Hello, Lucifer. Hello, uh, you've got Baphomet, you know, the goat-headed god. 
who had both female and male genitalia. So there you go. On the Lubricol altar, you sacrificed a male goat and a dog. And guess what happened? Once those sacrifices were made, everybody ate salted meal cakes. Hot dog. What about that? And after that, their foreheads were anointed with blood from the sacrificial knives, and they were cleaned with wool soaked in milk. You get the whole idea with this kind of sexual symbolism, right? You've got the sacrifice of the male goat, the sacrifice of the dog, right? Lupercal is probably derives from lupus, which is wolf, right? So you get this whole idea, right? A male goat, a Luciferic symbol, a Baphomet-style symbol. And then all of a sudden, that sacrifice, that's kind of leading into, right? It's kind of leading into uh, menstrual blood. And then all of a sudden, you're going to clean the menstrual blood with wool of a ram, of the goat, soaked in milk, which is symbolic of what? of semen, right? This this is what this is all about. That's what you saw last night in a very, very not so obvious, but kind of obvious way when you're looking at all of this symbolism. And then once that happened, what they did was they cut little pieces of skin from the animals. And then what did they do? They decided to run naked throughout the whole area in a counterclockwise fashion uh, to purify the mound that they were running around. So you get the idea. There's a massive mound. That's going to be the phallus, right? And you're not you're not purifying it in a forward manner, in a clockwise manner. You're purifying it in a counterclockwise manner, which means you're going back in time, which means that you are reaffirming and going through a rebirth of what it is to go through all of that symbolism, right? And then you can go even one step further with the color of red. You can go to uh, various occult sites. This particular one is occultworld.com. Very, very poorly written, but the information is still good. Red is the color of blood, health, vigor, sexual passion, and aggression. It is also associated with death and the evil dragon Typhon. So Typhon is very, very important here because Typhon was one of the last children of Gaia, Earth, and was also the son of Tartarus. Tartarus and Earth, they're kind of the same thing. It's not Tartaria for everybody out there going down that road, but Tartarus was essentially Hades. It was essentially hell. So hell and earth, Gaia, mated to create Typhon. Typhon was a monstrous dragon with like a hundred heads and so on and so forth. And so what did Typhon do? He went after Zeus and challenged Zeus for the supremacy of the cosmos. Oddly enough, Zeus wins handedly with his thunderbolts. And so... What does that mean? It means Typhon was shot down to Earth, specifically a Mount Etna, and that's where you get the volcano from. If you look into Typhon and his offspring, they generally show him 
as a snake lower torso from so basically from the hips down you've got a snake body and from the hips up you've got a man's torso with hands but then you've got a hundred dragon heads and so on and so forth uh typhon did allow uh himself to mate and he created all kinds of different things specifically typhon created the guardian dogs right the the dogs that would guard various spaces in greco-roman mythology so he created orthrus orthrus was a two-headed dog guarding the cattle of gyron or uh, Giryon, sorry. And second, he birthed Cerberus, or he allowed the birth of Cerberus to occur, which was the multi-headed dog who guarded the gates of Hades. And uh, finally, he was uh, the father of the Lernarian Hydra, which is a many-headed serpent, and so on and so forth. But the point is here, the color red, which Rihanna was wearing, is symbolic of what did I describe? Typhon. During this time, during the year, what do we have? We have Lupercal, right? Lupercalia, right? Did I say that one right? Yes, Lupercalia, sorry, which also involves the sacrifice of a dog. So if we're to piece all of this together, right? It's a fertility ritual. Rihanna is saying that I belong to the offspring of Typhon, the dragon, the ne'er-do-well that challenged the order of the realm, challenged Zeus for control of the cosmos, and I am now trying to siphon in Typhon's offspring with this dog sacrifice. That's why Typhon had Cerberus. She's challenging, channeling the energy of Cerberus and Typhon's offsprings. That's the whole symbolic ritual of this. I mean, you could go back and look into, uh, what's his face? Uh, Alistair Crowley. You could buy his book. It's called Moonchild. And basically what they tried to do is they tried to impregnate, or I should say it this way, they impregnated a woman, but they're trying to remove the soul of the, child, of, the of the fetus and implant another soul that they want born. It is the same kind of concept here. She's trying to channel an energy of a being that she wants born. And she channeled all of that energy from the Super Bowl watchers and the regular ham and eggers that were there at the stadium. That's what that whole symbolic nonsense was all about. And it is what it is. I mean, you got to realize that these people are really, really, really just very, very sad. I mean, you can't be intimidated by these people because it, it, the symbolism, if you just do a Google search, is so obvious. And you must feel bad for these people in some way because they're going through all of these motions to do what? Right? To sacrifice their soul to bring in something else that they don't have control over. I, it's also assuming that she's actually pregnant because you can look up, oddly enough, they call it a moon bump because you're having a moon child. The moon bump is a, basically an artificial womb that you can buy. It's, it's just nonsense. It's just something you wear. It's like what actors and actresses wear uh, when they're doing a photo shoot. 
that could be what's going on there, right? She could be wearing a moon bump, and she could have a surrogate somewhere, which is going to give birth to her child in reality. And she's going to play the part and put on these various moon bumps month after month, week after week, so it looks like she's getting bigger and bigger and so on and so forth. So we don't exactly know what's going on. All we know is that it is ridiculous that we have to put up with this utter nonsense time and time again. Okay, so moving along from that, that is a 16-minute, way-too-long segment that I did not want to do, but here we are. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. Very, very good friend of mine, Greg Bolden, was on a Twitter space talking about what he found out. What was going on in Ohio? If you don't know, there was a massive, massive derailment, which ultimately ended up in a massive, massive explosion. Guess what happened? The rail car axles likely led to the derailment, mechanical issues associated with those rail car axles. What does that say to me? It says nonsense. It says something else is going on here. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that there is some kind of safety mechanism or safety policy that was removed at some point in the last two years under Biden because this train company, the company that runs this rail system, uh, is basically owned by BlackRock and Vanguard, so you can only imagine what they're trying to do here. If you don't know what actually happened in Ohio, there was pressurized vinyl chloride, which basically went boom in a controlled demolition. Why is this a problem? Well, it is highly flammable and it is highly carcinogenic. This shouldn't have gone up and went boom. However, at the same time, as soon as this train derailed, these chemicals basically started to boil because their boiling point is so low. I think it's around four, if I remember correctly, it's like four degrees Fahrenheit or four degrees Celsius. As soon as it hits that temperature, it starts boiling and starts emitting all of this gas. So no matter what these people could have done, it was going to go boom it's just a real tragedy as to why it has taken this long for it to even do that. But what's even worse is what is going on around this area. I mean, it started in Ohio, uh, or where, I don't exactly know where in Ohio. Um, let's see. Can I find it real quick? Salem, Ohio. Uh, no, East Palestine, sorry, East or Palestine, depending upon who you listen to. Um, so this explosion was in that part of the world. So look up East Palestine, and then you'll find how far away Cincinnati is and so on and so forth. So what did you ultimately had? You had, you had a lot of people talking about how their farm was suffering from it. Foxes were dying, animals were dying, dogs were dying. Everything was dying because of how toxic this gas was that was floating through the atmosphere. You can go onto various social media outlets. You can find all kinds of people posting videos of what the sky looked like. Th this sky was extremely black, dark gray. It looked like there was a massive thunderstorm or a tornado that was about to hit the area, and it wasn't. It was all because of these chemicals. And for what it's worth, 
more than likely, a lot of these chemicals in that went into the water is probably going to be diluted by the time it hits the Mississippi River and down uh, through the Mississippi River. But around this whole area, it is not good. Somebody needs to be held accountable. Where Where's Pete Buttigieg? Is he too busy chest feeding his new child? Why isn't he out there telling us what to do? And the next question is, where is FEMA? I thought FEMA was supposed to be all over this. And finally, where is the mainstream media? Oddly enough, nowhere to be found because they don't want this going any further than what it has already. It is not a good time to be in that area at all and so let's hope that changes rather rather quickly but this comes from news punch moving right along right i i gotta get out there as fast as i possibly can we've got hillary clinton she's out there she came in and oh goodness me i mean if you look at what she was wearing she looks like she should be in some i, I don't even know what she just looks ridiculous I mean, no makeup, which probably isn't a bad deal, right? You should you shouldn't really wear makeup no matter what really happens because of all the chemicals in there and what your skin absorbs and all that. Uh, but but she looks like she just came off of a bender. Uh, she's got some what looks like to be wet paper towel necklace about three feet long around her neck. And uh, she just looks like a mess. It looks like she just got over a hangover. But she comes out. And says, do you know what we need to do? We need to stop cash transactions. And do you know why? Because cash transactions are not friendly to the environment. We need to fight climate change. And in order to do that, cash must be eliminated. Oh, thank goodness for that. Hillary Clinton leading the way on how to save the environment. I mean, how stupid... Does this idiot have to be? But what, what we really know is going on here, they want that ultimate control system in place across the planet. That's what she wants. That's what she's aligned with. That control system involves a digital currency. That digital currency is going to try and rear its ugly head based upon the fiat system, which ultimately means... Trust us, a dollar is really worth a dollar. Don't put any real hard materials behind it. Don't put any raw materials behind it. But trust the central banking system and the bank <laughs> and <laughs> and the and the gnomes of Zurich. We know what the <laughs> everything is really worth. Just believe us. It's good, right? No, who would they actually do that? It's nonsense. So. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, oddly enough, uh, I, was, I would bring this up, but I'm not going to. Uh, it's it's more reporting on that, on the uh the Nord Stream explosion from Seymour Hirsch. Uh, but we all know what really happened, and, and the real travesty with all of Seymour Hirsch's deal is that you've got a whole cavalcade of morons 
from the leftist side and the warmongering side that say, oh, well, he's a disgraced journalist. I mean, there's a reason why he doesn't work in the mainstream media anymore, because his, he's very, very suspect when it comes to the accuracies of his stories. No, no, no. He's just going against the mainstream narrative, and people don't like that. And that's really too effing bad, because we need more truth seekers out there like Seymour Hirsch to let us know what's really going on. I mean, four years ago, you had all kinds of media outlets singing praises towards Seymour Hirsch. And now, oh, he's a disgraced uh, outcast of the mainstream media. I mean, the ultimate point here is that Seymour Hirsch is right. Even the foreign minister of Russia, Lavrov, came out and said, you know what? U.S. officials admit that they are responsible for Nord Stream explosions. So we only can guess about what closed-door meetings Lavrov has had in order to get that kind of admission from U.S. officials. I mean, it, it must be pretty effing bad. But here's, here's something else. It's a little story. It's not gaining a lot of traction. But as always, I've got my finger on the pulse. Uh, so this is what happens before something really, really icky occurs the u.s canada brazil and france has ordered all of its citizens to leave belarus and russia immediately what does that mean it means that more than likely a number of scenarios scenario number one war is on the horizon and nato and the west is going to do something that is extremely foolish and ultimately get its ass handed to itself. Uh, number two, Russia is going to trounce the Ukraine, and there's nothing that these countries can do about it. So what are they going to respond to, uh, or how are they going to respond to this action? They're going to really gin up the propaganda against Russia and ultimately Belarus, too. Belarus has been you know, basically just a buffer. They haven't been really taking part in anything. They're just trying to maintain their territorial integrity uh, because you've got all sorts of upstarts coming from Poland and the Ukraine itself trying to violate its national boundaries. And Belarus, for what it's worth, is saying, you people are effing nuts, and if you try to cross the border, we'll effing kill you. Not an unreasonable response, given your, given your surroundings. You've got Nazis to the south, and you've got NATO pseudo-Nazis to—oh, I'm sorry, pseudo-capitalists— to the western border, and you've got Russian troops in there acting as a buffer. So if the United States, Canada, Brazil, and France, they're telling their citizens to get out, that means that there is going to be some event that they can no longer control, and they are trying to get ahead of that narrative by telling people, oh, Russia and Belarus, they're the bad guys. Okay, so... Um, I won't bring that up. It's, it's something else. It goes along the lines of the COVID deal. So I'll, I'll bring that up another time. Uh, what's next? You can tell I'm reading through the headlines as I go. Oh, aliens, aliens, aliens. Oh, there's no aliens. There, there aren't any aliens, right? Oh, thank goodness. But what are all of those UFOs about? What are all of those UAPs about? 
We don't know. How many have they shot down at this point? I think we're up to four, right? And then you've got Marco Rubio, and you've got Kirsten Gillibrand, who's aligned with the Nixium sex cult and child trafficking cult in New York State, who is also aligned with Hillary Clinton and illegally bundling campaign donations to her in the 2016 election cycle. That's the kind of people we should be believing. Those individuals who are part of the UAP task force, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, they're saying it's outrageous that the United States Air Force only figured out how to detect these UFOs recently by tweaking with the radar. What is exactly going on? Because we know for a fact that UFOs have been flying across our airspace for time immemorial. That we know for all intents and purposes our airspace can be violated by these UFOs. So the White House had to come out to say that there is no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activities with these recent takedowns. That came from the White House press secretary. Uh, oh, what's her face? I can never remember her name. All I remember her as is when she ran out there on her first day and said, you must respect me because I am an African-American lesbian and married to an executive at CNN, so you will respect me. Uh, no, okay, sweetheart. And, and by the way, uh, you, all you had to do was listen to her interview over the weekend or the Q&A that she did over the weekend. She sounded like a buffoon, referred to Canada as Canadia. I mean, it, you, you can't get any dumber than this idiot. So, anyway, she came out there and said, it's not extraterrestrial. There's no way it's extraterrestrial. And this is where it gets kind of sticky, because you had General Glenn Van Herc. I've brought him up a couple of times in the past, and the only reason why I even know about General Glenn Van Herc is because of the dark journalist because he brings them up often on his podcasts, or not podcasts, broadcasts all, all over YouTube. General Van Herc is the head of NORAD. NORAD oversees and can see every single flight across North America, whether you're talking about a single-engined Piper Cub or a massive 747 or God knows what kind of cargo carriers the United States military has, right, where they transport whole vehicles. NORAD oversees it. What else is important about General Van Herc and his position? He's part of something called the continuity of government. What does that mean? If there is some kind of emergency, oddly enough, like 9-11, we're still under a national emergency from 9-11, then the continuity of government then takes over. What does that mean? The continuity of government basically is a mirror image of every single public, publicly seen position. The president has a, his own mirror image, a shadow president. The vice president, a shadow president. All of the cabinet members, they've got shadow cabinet members. They all belong to the continuity of government. 
What does that also mean? If there's a national emergency, all of those shadow members of government are now in control. Do you know who put those shadow government members in those positions? Of course you don't, because they are unelected officials. Nobody knows how they got their positions. Nobody knows what kind of vetting process they went through. The point is, is that if you've got an individual like Glenn Van Herc overseeing NORAD, which allowed all of these supposed balloons and UFOs to get over our airspace— and he's also part of the continuity of government, then you can safely assume that something is afoot. There's no reason for Van Herc to get in front of the press unless he is sending signals to other agencies throughout the world, never mind just the United States government. So he went out there and said, I'll let the intel community and the counterintelligence community figure that out, whether or not... We're dealing with extraterrestrials. He then says, I haven't ruled anything out. At this point, we continue to assess every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America with an attempt to identify it. So you have the White House trying to perform damage control by saying it is not extraterrestrial. At the same time, you've got a shadow cabinet member, part of the continuity of government, overseeing all of the airspace of North America, saying, we don't know, it could be, in fact, extraterrestrial. Do you know why they're doing this? Because they're testing the social fabric of the United States and potentially the rest of the planet. If you're going to buy into the narrative that it is extraterrestrial, then they're going to push forward with an extraterrestrial narrative. You even had two weeks ago uh, Tom DeLong. Does everybody remember him? Rock star. All of a sudden got involved in UFOs and all of that. Tom DeLong. Two weeks ago on his Instagram account was saying, oh, disclosure is imminent. They're going to start creating and producing videos and television shows about what different alien races there are out there. And it will no longer be conspiracy. It will be fact. Oh, so you get what's going on here, right? If you're going to buy into this narrative, then they're going to continue to invest in it. Same thing with COVID. If you're going to buy into this narrative and the mandates and the masks and everything else, then they're going to continue to invest in that narrative. If you then say, well, it's really the Chinese balloon aspect of the deal, then they're going to invest more resources into the Chinese story narrative. It's whichever way the public opinion is going to be swayed. Where it should be swayed is, hey, the United States and the rest of the world, they all launched these high-altitude balloons. This could very well be a U.S. intel balloon that they decided to shoot down and say, oh, it's Chinese, to try and alter the social fabric to get away from the Ukraine, get away from Russia, and make a pivot towards the Pacific to start engaging in negative feelings about the Chinese, to start saying and gearing people up on a subconscious level, the war with China over Taiwan is going to be starting soon. That could also be another aspect to all of this. But I will say this. 
about those balloons. When they sent up these fighter planes to go after these balloons, it's been reported that none of their electronics work, which implied that there is some kind of jamming mechanism on these unidentified objects up there. They are jamming the electronics of the most advanced jet the United States publicly has. I say publicly because more than likely, out of the public eyesight, there's something even more advanced, as uh, John Warner brought up uh, last week. So, if these things are jamming the electronics... Oh, and by the way, supposedly, they shot two missiles at it. The first missile missed... That was $400,000 of miss. So what kind of electronics do these things supposedly have that allows these missiles and these electronics on the planes themselves to not function properly? That should be sending a message, right? That if this, let's just go down that road. If it is Russian or Chinese balloons or a transnational organization like the Nazi International, thank you to Dr. Joseph Farrell, if it's one of those organizations, they're basically telling the United States, we're going to fly over your territories, and there's nothing you can do about it. Sure, you can shoot it down, but guess what happens? We're going to mess with your electronics. This is a message, because we're not sending any real materials on these balloons, but we want you to know that your sensor suites do not work, or they will be extremely hindered in a way that you will not be able to counter in time if these balloons actually had some kind of payload on them. Hello, missiles. Hello, hypersonic missiles. So that's what I think that message is. If you really wanted to go down the UFO role, uh, route, and if you really wanted to say that, oh, this has got to be alien, uh, then I will g give you this bit of information that I brought up last week the van allen belts the van allen belts electromagnetic fields nasa even admitted whoa we can't get through the van allen belts well the problem is is that the van allen belts are between the earth and the moon so how did you land on the moon if you can't get through the van allen belts what kind of technology did you have if you supposedly landed on the moon i do believe they landed on the moon just not in the way that they told us anyway if we're to assume that these objects are, in fact, alien, right, then more than likely they would be coming from the poles, the North Pole or the South Pole. Why? The Van Allen belts do not exist over the poles of the planet. That would allow objects to transverse through the atmosphere. Traverse, not transverse. Traverse through the it's 38 minutes in. What do you want from me? So traverse through the atmosphere, traverse onto this plane, into this vibratorial, uh, on and on we go, right? That that would be the angle that I would take if you are hell-bent on saying these are alien objects. My personal opinion, I'm not buying it. They launch balloons all the time. The United States launches surveillance balloons over its own territory which more than likely is illegal because they're spying on everybody that 
lives in the United States with these surveillance balloons. But if they're doing it to Americans, what do you think they're doing to other countries? And by the way, if these surveillance balloons come from China or Russia, the question you have to ask yourself is, don't those countries have other means of surveillance and reconnaissance, like satellites, like human intel, like TikTok, where they can invade every single app and electronic device that you own, whether or not it's on or off? Why would they need to be launching weather balloons, right? Or, or weather balloon-type objects? Does anybody else see the dynamic that... We Roswell was supposed to be a weather balloon, and now once again we've got weather balloons. Like, do you see that that narrative arc that is coming full circle, a first full circle of nonsense? I'm not buying this. I think ultimately this is going to be another push to go and remove human rights, civil rights, constitutional rights, the angle that they're going to try and go down is to promote this one-world-style government. And if the, if the alien narrative actually is pushed through, then they're going to promote that online database of your medical history, including your DNA, because the angle that they're going to push is that, guess what? Aliens have been coming to Earth forever. Forever! And do you know what's even worse? Is that we don't even know who is an alien or not because those aliens look just like humans. So the only way that we can tell if you're human or alien is to put your DNA on file and give you a digital ID so that you can say, yes, I'm a human being. I'm supposed to be on this planet Earth. And wouldn't you know it, now that we know about aliens, we are now an interstellar, at least an interplanetary type of civilization. So guess what? We can find work on the moon. We can find work on Venus, Mars, so on, asteroids, you name it. And it is going to be quite the hassle to use physical currencies if you have a job on another planet. So thank goodness for digital currencies, because then we could just pay you no matter what planet you're on, no matter what ores you're mining on an asteroid. Thanks to that digital currency, we can pay you and you can use your money no matter where you go. See the angle with that? See how ridiculous that alien narrative is going to be if they genuinely try to push it down this road? It is obvious the ultimate goal is ultimate control. This is the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, a whopping 42 and a half minutes of broadcasting brilliance. Uh, I will be back for another three podcasts, as always, because I give you cutting-edge commentary. You know what to do, being members of the Fuzzball Nation, because we're all lovable fuzzballs with glittering intelligence, bestowing our knowledge all across the fruited plain, but not in a very, very ostentatious way. We, we allow people to come to us to seek knowledge, and we just... 
bestow upon them our brilliance as always. That's why we're lovable fuzzballs. That's why we like to have a good time. That's why we like to engage in critical thought, because we are humble in our character. As always, you can like me, find me, share me across Instagram, Truth Social, and Twitter at The Last Call Caravan. And I am on all of your favorite podcasting platforms at The Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels.